Welcome to another episode of Heroes And. This is a podcast where we talk about heroes and movies, comic books, trailers, TV shows. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, chances are we're going to be talking about it. My name is Cody, and we don't have Andy this week. Uh, Shortly after our last episode, Heroes And Fantastic Four, Andy challenged me to a good old-fashioned boxing match. I kind of, I well, I'll just say it, I emerged victorious and went all Mortal Kombat and finished him. Uh, just kidding, just <laughs> kidding. Andy's not dead. Actually, Oscar is back. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> uh, you might remember my voice if you listen to a little bit early in the summer when we were talking about San Diego Comic Con in that marathon long two part episode. Yeah, I was there shouting off a bunch of stuff. You hopefully did check out because all of it was really really cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm sitting in for uh, Mr. Andy today. Yeah, and Andy will be back. It's, we're not like, he's not killed off. You know, this isn't this isn't The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Not rebooting. Yeah, yeah, we're not <laughs> we're not rebooting Heroes and. <laughs> Uh, so, but Oscar, it's been a while since, uh, since they've, you know, the people listening have heard your voice. Mm. So, All right. uh, like, what have you been up to? What's up, man? Um, the biggest thing right now is, uh, obviously working and stuff, but my wife and I are looking to adopt. So we're just going through paperwork, hoping to start that home study and all that other good stuff soon. So awesome. That's cool. In my free time, probably the most fun thing is I'm trying to play some of that Tomb Raider cause I'm excited for Rise of that comes out soon so enough. So the, the Tomb Raider reboot. The, the Definitive Edition, right, yeah. I'm okay. playing that one. Lara Croft is a blast. I, keep, I freaking loved that game. Yeah. I played it on PS3, so yeah. I didn't I don't even have fancy HD and, and all that, but it, <laughs> it was looked, so great. On the 360, it looks beautiful. Or on the, on the one, I mean, it looks beautiful. Um, I keep staying up late and solving puzzles and stuff, and then getting my face <laughs> eaten off by wolves, like just attacking your neck. And yes. so uh, it's, it is really fun, though. Uh, that's mainly it. What about you, man? I actually am also playing a remastered game. Our friend, you know, like the last episode that you were on, uh, Melissa Reyes, she has been playing The Last of Us Remastered oh, with her yeah. husband, John. Mm-hmm. And so they've been talking to me a lot about it. I played The Last of Us on PS3, but I haven't I hadn't played it on PS4 yet. And so they've been talking to me about it so much. I found a good deal for getting it $15 for the download voucher. And so I definitely jumped right on that. And so I've been playing that. On the survival difficulty, which is like one step below grounded. But I was gonna say, which is what's like the, what they've the been playing on? Yeah, they've been and playing so, grounded, which they've been telling me like it removes some of the save points. It doesn't tell you how much ammo you have, how left. much health you like. You don't have yeah. health, any health meter. You can't do the fancy like listen around the corners and stuff. And so, <laughs> but I've been playing that, and it's been a lot of fun. I really like. I think I forgot how much I enjoyed that game, and I've only got I'm only like an hour into it at this point. Mm. But I think I for, definitely forgot how great that game was and how it kind of in my mind at least like there's a new gold standard uh for for what it has to be what a game has to be like uh the other thing that's cool for me is i just got a promotion at work yeah so when i'm not you know talking about geek stuff and i'm not doing technology stuff uh i am working at Publix. Which, if you're not listening in Florida, you probably have no idea what that and is. And your life is lesser for it. You, yeah, exactly. You, it, Publix chicken and Publix subs will save your, mm, will change your mm. life. I don't know if they'll save your life, but they will change your life. If you were about to die, if you were about would, to die, they, they would, would save. Your they would life. bring you back. So, yeah. uh, but I just got a promotion there, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and I've just been, you know. I'm kind of stepping into this new role. So in Resident Evil, those health medic packs you find, those are filled with public those are filled, subs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Public <laughs> <subs>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but yeah, that's 
That's what's kind of been up for us. Awesome. Well, today's episode of Heroes End, we're talking Heroes End fanboy blinders. And what we mean by that is if you've been in any kind of relationship before or if you just love things, it's oftentimes that there will be flaws. There will be problems with the things you love. And nothing's perfect. Nothing is perfect. And as if there's something we love, we're going to try to look past it. We're going to say, you know what? It's because I love it. There's actually Madeline Lingle. She's got a great, great quote. She says, if you love anyone is to hope in him always to say, I want the best of them. I'm not, I'm not going to try to put them down. I'm trying to look past that. They're going to be a better person. And by person, we're talking about there's a movie, there's a book, there's a movie. There's there's some game, there's something oh, yeah. that is, you know, that you enjoy, that you really, mm-hmm. you know, for one reason or another, has a special place in your heart. But most, or the general populace, it seems like, tends to kind of challenge that idea. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, so for this episode, we're going to mention some of the things that we admittedly have our fanboy blinders on for. <laughs> Uh, but we're also going to throw out some things that we we're going to you know trying to kind of challenge you guys a little bit and say do the do we as a culture we as a society uh, as geeks have our fanboy blinders on for these things so I'll go ahead and get us rolling if that's cool with you Oscar yeah man get it done uh, for me I think and I know I've talked about it before on a couple of our episodes now but I'm a really big fan of Harry Potter uh, in particular all right I think of Harry Potter seven part one and two. Deathly I, Hollows, right? Right. The de- Harry Potter's, the Deathly Hollows, both parts there. I, I think I have my fanboy blinders on for those because I just really, like, there's really nothing I could say that I wish they would have done or anything like that or things that I didn't like. Like, I read all the books, so I, like, I know what happens in the books and everything like that, but there's not a way that I could be like, no, they should have done this, things like that. And I think for me, that's just because I, I kind of grew up with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, you didn't read them like me. I read that book right before the movie was coming out. You read that years before, yeah, right? Like I, yeah, while I, the other ones were still getting working. While, yeah, stuff. while they as the as the books were like I I think the first like two or three maybe four had been released when they started the movies, but they mm. she was you know J.K. Rowling was still writing the books as the movies were coming out, and so I was reading each one of those you know as it came out, and maybe there's some you know with kind of particular. Uh, impartiality to that because my mom and I read them together so there's some emotional connection there but with the movie in particular uh, I have like because I grew up kind of with Daniel Radcliffe and you know they're only like I think they're a couple years older than me they're about the same age as I am so in a lot of ways I really like it felt like I grew up with them and so in th- in that, or because of that, it's like I was defeating Voldemort. <laughs> you were Neville swinging that sword. <laughs> I was Neville, yeah, exactly. Taking out the snake, yeah, yeah, totally. And really, I was the one that kind of suggested we talk about this one, and it was for a specific reason, because that I think a lot of people do have their blinders on to movies like this, and, and unfortunately... I'd, I'd say it's probably true with something like the Maze Runner and the Hunger Games too. Is that if you read the books beforehand, as great as the movies are, you're bringing stuff with you, not baggage, but the opposite of that. You're bringing the good stuff with you. So there's things the movies don't just don't have a chance to cover. And so when I went into Episode Seven or to the seventh movie, Part One, Part Two, there was awesome stuff. Like yeah. there will never be much better than the like the Deathly Hollows that animation sequence they have where they're explaining the the cloak and the wand, like all so of that cool. stuff. So, it's, so unique it's so unique like that could be like they can make that into a full-length film and i would watch just that like it is really good but 
as I'm reading, I remember the moment, like um, a little bit of context, because it's just fun. Uh, when the last part came out, I was at the the midnight showing at a, a downtown um, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. There were a ton okay. of people dressed up for it. It was a big special thing. We all waited like an hour and a half to get in. When we finally saw it at the beginning, they said, hey, by the way, stick around afterwards. Don't leave. We have something special for you. No one knew what that meant. We were just, we knew we were in Universal. That's really close to That's really the, close Harry, to the Harry Potter, Potter stuff. Like, Diagon, Diagon Alley wouldn't have been out yet. Yeah, but. exactly. So the first part of it, not the, the second. The Hogsmeade. Yeah. So we watched the movie. There was really great stuff. Afterwards, they say, by the way, just for you guys, it was midnight. So that means the movie ended like at two in the morning. They said, everyone that's here, walk over with us. You're all going into Harry Potter land for free. Have some fun. Butterbeer. Like, we're all just going to have a blast. That's incredible. Yeah. So, and it was great because everyone was up in costume. I had a fake wand with me even then. Like, I was <laughs> I was loving it. Like, it was a party. And it was so much fun. I get chills thinking about it. Like, we, we all had a blast. A bunch that's of us so and cool. our friends went together. Uh, but I will say that context, like knowing that I was with a bunch of fans and we, it was great. We were all psyched for it. I came into the movie um, after the fact like uh, I'd seen the first movie didn't really care so much uh, I actually if I'm being honest my sister had given me the first two books and I was like uh, not really interested and I skipped over them okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, w- with the, when cry. I finally caught up my friends liked it I said I should get into this as well when the movies were like into the fourth movie I said fine let me catch up so the seventh movie's happening all of the stuff that goes down at the end maybe no spoilers but all the stuff that happens at the end and everyone's freaking out and they're they're just a- acting so emotional and I'm like um Maybe I missed something. Like I don't get it. <laughs> I understood what was happening <laughs> it just with, didn't resonate with, for you, with huh? the, the senior Snape and everything. I understood what was happening, but it did not resonate the same way at all. And I think it's because the movie glosses over and it just has to because it's at the end of the film. There's already been so much time invested that it gets to that end part and it just kicks right through it. And yeah, again, I, I I will admit that I feel like with with part two, I that there's kind of I kind of have that sense a little bit throughout the whole Throughout that whole last movie, like if I'm serious, uh, or if I'm honest with myself, that seven part two, Deathly Hollows part two, beca- and maybe it's because of the way they set up the first one, and the first one's kind of just build up and build up. Mm. They don't waste any time in Deathly Hollows part yeah. two. Yeah, and so it really that is the biggest contention I have with it. The, the blinders aspect is. If you came into the movie without even reading the books, don't even bother. You won't get what's happening. Like, I don't think you can watch. And I mentioned some other ones that are like that. You will not understand some of the same concepts if you didn't read the books. And if you, even if you do understand them, they won't mean as much because the books are awesome. Like, get them, read them, yeah. listen to them. They're, so they're you, fantastic. So you have read the books. I, I have read them now. I've listened to them as well. They're okay. really great. And so I understand what the movie's doing, but I'm reading, I'm bringing that stuff with me. I don't think because the movie Because you have context it. from the, and I think oh, that's yeah. it. I think it's Order of the Phoenix. I'm trying to think which one deals the most, kind of less with them hunting the Horcruxes and just the explanation. I think it's Half-Blood Prince, actually, mm. where Harry's kind of learning what the Horcruxes are and everything like that, where when I read that book, it just kind of felt, it just kind of felt boring, really just because it was all, it was, or it was a lot of explaining of details and things mm-hmm. like that, that you don't get in the movie, because it's a movie, they have to make yeah. it entertaining, they have to have action in there, and so... But I definitely like with with Harry Potter and kind of just the whole franchise, and I think maybe it's maybe it's just books like that. We we're liking the thing as much as we do, like you said, because of the books. It is interesting to me that there's people that love it so much without having any of that kind of knowledge, and so it's true. I have definitely met people like that, and it it is interesting. Like I want to sit down and talk to them and be like, "But what did you think about it that moment? Did it, what did it mean to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just means something different. I'm assuming, right? right. It's, I feel like it has to because because of the way, like just reading a book, you know, like I don't know. For some reason, I guess it seems like there's more intimacy there. But oh yeah. 
So the other thing that I think of that I, I have my fanboy blinders on for is the Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Oscar is laughing. You mean the first one, by the, the first, way, right? I haven't seen Spirit of Vengeance. I, I will say I haven't seen I didn't. I never Probably saw Probably an Vengeance. okay thing. Uh, but, but the first Ghost Rider movie with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got. I know he's got the like awkward. Maybe are they hair plugs? Oh yeah, they are hair plugs. Hair plugs. <laughs> he's. I. I was gonna try and say wig, but that's not even. <laughs> well, I guess the hair w- plugs means it's trying to be permanent, like Michael Scott in the Office. Like first season, like his hair is really rough, and then his hair gets progressively better as the seasons go yeah. on. He gets thinner, he gets more fit, and I, so I think those are hair plugs. Whereas Nick Cage, his hair is still what it is now. So I think he had maybe it was a wig, maybe a temporary thing. Yeah, because I, I just know that he didn't have as big of a forehead as he normally does, <laughs> <laughs> because I think they were trying to make him look younger. Oh yeah, to, you know, fulfill. right around the same time that movie Next had come out, I never saw it, but like right. <laughs> all I could think about is the, the juxtaposition of his hair. Like in Ghost Rider, it's like it's it's like a a teen boy, like short and like to the front, and in Next, it's all the way to the back of his forehead, yeah. and it's waving in the wind. <laughs> but so with Ghost Rider, like again, I know it's Nick Cage, but hey, I mean, even Mendez is in there. Even Mendez is cool, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think honestly, for me, the biggest. Like the reason I have fanboy blinders on for that is because thinking of the Marvel Ultimate Alliance video game that at the time was relatively new. I'm not sure exactly you know, how much time there was between those, but uh, so in that game, I have you have the option of playing as Ghost Rider, and I just thought it was so cool. I, he wasn't a character that I was really familiar with uh, leading up to Ghost, like the Ghost Rider movie, and leading up to Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and so getting to play as him, and you like when you get him you're in Mephisto's realm which is the Marvel equivalent of hell yeah. and so it was just a lot of fun i think like just there's some of the moments where he's like uh uh particular like the the stare the vengeance stare i think is what they call it if mm. i'm not mistaken uh where he says he says like he grabs the guy and he says your soul is stained by the blood of the innocent feel their pain and all that like I, some reason there's just like it just seems so epic to me <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's, I'm sorry. I just looked up a picture from the movie of him with that haircut, and it is—it's oh, it's tough. It's, it is. It's pretty. It's pretty great, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough. I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, I in the '90s, I was reading some of those books, and I never captured a. Uh, that's it was Ghost Rider. There was Flames and Chains. My parents did not let me have a lot of those comic books as a kid. Okay, <laughs> but they were really cool when I did get to read them, and so it felt really deep and mystical. And so I, I get where I wanted it to be really neat. Like there was some great visuals happening with the fire uh, but that movie is rough if anything if at least one thing and it's part of the reason i have a problem with gotham as well is what is his name donald lagu or Logue or whatever that his his sidekick in ghost rider he's the yeah. the sidekick detective in gotham he is yeah you're right yeah. he's painful to watch in there because he is he's trying to be serious in gotham and in, in ghost rider he's trying to be a serious friend but like he drops a line that's like to Eva Mendez, he says it was everything was a gravy boat with biscuit wheels before you showed up and <laughs> How, how can you? My, exactly, exactly. It's called I, Ghost Rider. He's avenging souls, and then that happens. And, like, then, and, and then that happens. Oh my gosh! That's, it was like they took the silliness so of bad. NASCAR, <laughs> the silliness of NASCAR, and then forgot that no, it's dangerous. Like they were trying to go for Days of Thunder, yeah, and yeah, they got. It's, it's funny because it's, it's, I feel like they're trying to kind of cross Days of Thunder with Hot Rod. <laughs> Exactly. You know, like with yeah. the Andy Samberg. Meal. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the Will Ferrell one, but that's what they or uh, oh, uh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. That's what they got instead. Is they were trying to do Days uh-huh. of Thunder. But I, yeah, so with 
Dude, with Ghost Rider, I I just thought he looked really cool. Maybe mm. that was some of it. The the only I mean, at the time I was like thirteen, so it was, yeah, you know, like there was just fire and a skeleton. So. I was older, so I was more discerning. Totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, the only plus I can give it is that I I like Nick Cage. He always commits, uh, and I know that he is a huge fan of comic books, and he he wanted to be Superman. That's a great documentary on its own. Oh but my like gosh. he because of it, I wanted to really like it, but my blinders were not strong enough to hold that off. Like it was <laughs> it was rough. Couldn't, couldn't block out the cage. No, no, it was too blinding, too. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. So this is this is the thing. Sorry, let me just provide some clarification. Sure. This is the one thing that I think that the world kind of has their blinders on for. <laughs> and I it's kind of unfortunate that Andy's not here is because he's the reason <laughs> that I have an issue with this thing. But my I have an issue with Halo. Yeah, so when you said that when we were talking a few minutes ago, my the jaw like to the table made the clunk <laughs> sound. Wait, the, the Halo games, right? Like, the Master Chief yeah, games? Like those Master ones? Chief, like Cortana, right? That's her name? All, yeah. yeah, like yeah. So the reason let me just kind of explain why, just so you all have context, why I don't like those. Before I had an Xbox three sixty, I I had a PlayStation two. And so I never really played Halo because I didn't have an Xbox, of course, and so the, but the couple times that I played Halo, uh, I think it was Halo 3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I was playing with Andy and with uh, some friends, some other friends of ours. And we would all go to one of our friends' house and we would system link and, you know, have four versus four multiplayer craziness, you know. But I never played the games. The cam- they, you didn't any of the campaigns? Any of the campaigns, mm. any of the multiplayer, I never really played. So I was kind of, I was really like seeing it all for the first time, jumping into it. And trying to figure my way out with these people that played Halo all the time and that were really good, like Andy in particular. And so every time I play, every time I would play, even now, I think at some point somebody's just going to come up behind me with an energy sword and I'm just going to hear that, you know, betrayal. Like, <laughs> and I'm just going to get cut down. And so, so even like a year or two later, when I got a 360 and I played Halo 3, mm-hmm. I started playing the multiplayer, and I just wasn't a fan. So, <laughs> so maybe the reason I don't like Halo is just bitterness. But I don't know. I feel like because I guess like people always give Call of Duty flack for being Call of Duty and you know breaking its own record every year. But, but that's I, that actually Call of Duty is a great example along the same lines. Is that I the first time I tried to play it, I jumped into the online campaigns and, or the online modes and was just demolished by probably children. Like I was just getting mowed down left and right, and so I didn't want to play the game. So I, right. I could understand a little bit. Halo's different though because it's almost like it's an establishment. Like it is. I remember playing Halo like that was the thing you played on the Xbox. Like there may have been something else, but that was, it was only, that was that was <laughs> what maybe we this played. is a conversation about why it's by I don't like Xbox. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You are. <laughs> PlayStation 4 person, right? So, so for me, like, I remember, uh, and I don't think it's going to get anyone in trouble, but, like, there was, my sister used to work at Best Buy when she lived here in Florida, and we would have nights where they'd shut it down. They had to, the, the employees had to scrub the floors, or the they had a cleaning company come and clean the floors. So we'd set up the big screens in the back with, like, four machines, 16 players, and have these amazing Halo tournaments. That does sound like, pretty, through if the night. I was night. good at the game, that was... <laughs> it was... It was cool, but if you weren't good at it, then I guess that would be a problem. That's incredible. 
Yeah, that was that was a blast. That's what I remember about Halo. And really, I'm I am so excited for the new ones, like Halo Five coming out. They just they're promoting it in so many unique ways, like with Guardians, how they did those two little the different like at the Super Bowl, they did those two. I little, did I did think those were pretty cool. The the little uh, commercials for them are really cool. That they have a podcast they did actually that was really great uh, called uh, Find the Truth or Hunt the Truth. That was apparently I didn't realize this. It's Key from Key and Peele. <laughs> like it's at the he's like a <laughs> he's a, a, a a journalist trying to find out who Master Chief. is is whether he's good or bad it's amazing and they just finished the series on it 13 episodes or whatever but i am excited for him and so it's so not devastating but it's so interesting to hear someone say yeah whatever yeah (laughs) i i I don't know i i really i feel like that we get with halo some reason i i feel like it kind of deserves to catch as much flack as call of duty does Mm. for being cheesy because it's like (laughs) i mean let's be like if we're if we're real with ourselves all right I feel like most first, like if you've played a first person shooter, you've played most first person shooters. Mm-hmm. I will say there are definitely ones that are better and, you know, and worse. And, and each one kind of has their, you know, unique qualities. But ultimately, you have a gun in your hand. <laughs> and, oh, and, but and, and it's it com- true. And to me, it comes down to story at that point, which, mm-hmm. again, I haven't played the Halo story. I understand that they're pretty good and they must be because they've got a whole book following. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just me putting my blinders up to the point where i say i block out everybody else's opinion and say no you're all wrong halo's halo's dumb well and see what's funny with first person shooters or at least interesting is that the obviously story is important that is what gets people there but i think a lot of other people it's nuance in controls nuance in in different mechanics and in weaponry like people play destiny even though it's a first person shooter just like Halo because it's um, third person, like over the shoulder, right? It's because they're like, I have different weapons, I have different capabilities. It's the it's, same thing. It's You're the just RPG running. Elements getting yeah. in there a little bit to, yeah. I think, draw you to. Like, draw people to Destiny. Yeah. I mean, and that's even why, like, why is Halo 3, like, why did that become awesome? It's because they added in all these other mechanics that just, like, when, later on, like, they did, like, the, it is Combat Evolved, right? And so they kept evolving yeah. it. So they added in, like, the sh- the, the overshields and stuff like that, just the, being able to drop pieces and, and share them with your teammates. Like, there was really cool stuff. But you, if we boil it down, I could I can agree with you that it is, it is a run and gun game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, again, most of my bitterness for Halo is probably just, it's Andy's fault. So <laughs> next time you hear his, you know, hear from him, maybe you should shout at him on Twitter and say, way to go, Andy. Way, yeah. to, screw, way to screw up Cody's head. Microsoft can blame them that you don't own an Xbox. <laughs> that's one less sale. But yeah, so that's it. That's it for me for my fanboy blinder items, uh, things that I want to talk about. Oscar, how about you? All right, so definitely one of the ones that I put down here for, uh, to talk about was um, of my one of my favorite franchises is Star Wars, and I love that it's not even really a franchise; it is a cultural phenomenon yeah, at this it, point. It really like it is. is films, no, they're life. Like it's it's just the thing that happens that we do in life. And Seven's coming out soon, and that's going to be just so exciting. Today, just for fun, like they announced that, or a couple yesterday, and we got to see it today. They announced the new Drew Struzan uh, poster for the new movie. That's going to come. Like it's exciting stuff. But they just had the lineup. For- or the for red rogue rogue one is that what it's called? rogue squadron like rogue squad the, yeah so the, the spin off oh yeah there's some good stuff but the thing that i that is definitely i think i have my blinders on is i always will contest and say that episode 4 the a new hope that is the best of the, of the whole series like everything that's happening that is the one and, and really for me i've always said that it's uh if you're a fan of How I Met Your Mother, it's Ted Mosby agrees. Like it is the best movie because of the the, the way they built the story. Akira Kurosawa's hidden t- fortress. Like it is really cool stuff. 
But if I'm being honest with my episode five, <laughs> yeah, and you guys talked about this in one of your previous episodes about sequels. Uh, yeah, and I think it was, the, it was the sequels. It's one, so yeah. true. Is like episode five, it, like the way that they that you're beating down all of your heroes, and then yet they come back out of it in episode six. Like it makes four better because you know that's coming. As much as I, like it's essential to have four, you don't have anything without Luke getting hit the lightsaber, finding out about his dad, all that stuff. You, it gets better later on. But I still, I just want episode four to be the best one because it's the first. <laughs> is it is that it though is it be- just because it started the whole thing because without fanta or i mean i was almost slipped and said fantastic four yeah. without episode four we wouldn't have episode five you know is it is it because I, I, with episode four kind of started the whole i whole think so rolling? and i think that might be a thing with me in general it's why people make fun of me a little bit that i if i'm gonna watch a tv show even if i watch a little bit before i always go back to the beginning because i'm always gonna trace like where the show runs from its initial roots like like when i rewatched breaking bad for the third time <laughs> recently i started back again at the beginning because i said i i just i love to understand them from the beginning so yeah. I, I think that's what it is i think it's i want to I want that to be the best one, and I think it is the best one because it's where everything begins. That was George Lucas's first attempt to do this thing. Everything else is is spinning off from it, is building those characters. It gets awesome. I agree, but it all starts there. I will say, I, I with that being the first one, I mean, we're still, it's what, been 30, 40, 30 years since the first Star Wars came out? It came out in the yeah. 80s, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, to have, to still be talking about it, all these years later, it's still like this kid's story is now being picked up again. That's pretty crazy. Like you got to give some credit to George Lucas for that just in and of itself because he was able to create something with episode four that was truly special enough to kind of, like you said, become ingrained into culture. Yeah. 77. That's important. I guess we should know. 77. That okay. Yeah. So it's been almost, it's been almost 30 years now. Yeah. Or no. The math. Yeah. That was a, that was oh, a good math. <laughs> No, I like sci-fi. I don't. I didn't say I I'd never agree to liking math. So. <laughs> All right. So one of the other ones, and actually this is one of the ones for me that um, that is lost, and it's one of the ones for me that I'm like I'm with in the majority. I think what people were saying like this was a pivotal time for TV. It was it was right before um, on demand really hit in a, in a unique way with Netflix. Like I remember watching uh, being a, a season or a season and a half behind on Lost. I wasn't really into it yet, but then I started getting them on disc. If you remember those days with netflix like the, the dvd when netflix meant you ordered a dvd oh yeah <laughs> you had to wait for it to arrive not for it to buffer like it, you, it would come in the mail in those pretty little envelopes you'd be so excited to get them <laughs> and you could and only have one at a time one at a time unless you paid extra which poor college kid you're not going to pay extra so yeah i remember that was right before that happened and it was such a magical time to like find a serialized TV show that had lots of episodes. That means you could get lots of discs. So you were like right now, like you want to find TV shows on Netflix that have lots of seasons. So you can like, I know what I'm watching for the next few days or nights or whatever. So it was cool. Like me and my friend Adam, we sat down and watched the episodes together and it was a blast. And, uh, that's where I found out I really like my favorite music composer is Michael Giacchino. He does all the Pixar stuff. He does. Did he do Jurassic World? He, I think he no. worked. I don't think so. I think they, it, he worked with them and it's still John Williams. Like, I think that's tr- John Williams is still the person. Okay. I, I think I wanted to say it was him and I don't think it actually was. You, someone can probably confirm that with the Googles, but uh, he is working for Star Wars with J.J. Abrams. He's usually J.J.'s guy for stuff, which is really cool. Makes sense. Bad Robot Lost. Uh, but that's where I like seeing in hearing some of the things they did with the music on the on that show just opened my eyes to like wow this is such a unique thing uh for what they're doing with music and really just story and character development i don't know that cody agrees with me on that (laughs) i 
I've also binge-watched Lost. I binge-watched it a while after it had aired and everything. I think maybe some of the reason I'm not too big on Lost is because I kind of, you know, like coming off of, or rather not coming off, not coming off of, but listening to the hype that everyone, I, mm. I remember everyone was like, oh my gosh, Lost is great, Lost is great, Lost is great. And so I watched it all on Netflix, buffered, not DVD ordered. Whoa. Uh, you know, revolution. Welcome to the future. Uh, but so I watched it all on all on Netflix. And maybe it's just because I, I just feel like I kind of wasted my time <laughs> a little bit. Like, I don't know. I guess like maybe. And I think it, if, if I was watching it week to week, it might have been different mm-hmm. uh, just because it wasn't, you know, like it, it wouldn't have been as easy as just watching the next one. But and I will say that uh, I when I watched season one, I got to watch them back to back. And for a show like that, that is probably the best way to watch it. Is I agree. it would be so frustrating to have to wait an entire week just to to find out who gets out of the hatch, what happens, why is there a hatch, why is there a smoke monster? But and I do agree with you that I think a lot of people they reach the end, the, the finale, and they said, "Wait, what just happened?" Like I have plenty of friends that say that. For me, I actually enjoy that aspect of it. I don't like when shows feel they have to button up every single thing. Like the the show was compelling because the island they were on was a mystery. If they had told me that this is the person that runs all of the island, it's just puppeteering. It's here's the things like it's the Truman Show, and here's all the pieces behind it. I I wouldn't yeah. have liked it as much because it yeah. breaks all the previous pieces how did you how did you feel about the ending in particular um i i felt okay with it because it was broad like it didn't it didn't narrow down on exactly what was happening is it purgatory is it not is it is everyone real were they in a coma like roseanne like i liked it they just kind of left it open to interpretation yeah and that they purposely did that it wasn't that they like the writers like carlton cuse and like they like um damien lindelof they, it's not they didn't know like they said this is what we're doing with it I, I know that bothered a lot of people. They wanted a yeah. definitive answer. Like we spent all of our time with backwards, like going like flashbacks, flash sideways. Like we want to know what yeah, that, happens next. And there was and like that time travel stuff. Like Andy's joked before about not not watching Back to the Future or you know having issues with Back to the Future because of time travel. Once they started getting into that in Lost, it was like I I don't know if they just it was the way they explained it or didn't explain it rather. But it that just got crazy. Uh, with me watching the ending, I I just enjoyed it. And this is kind of just a random side note. I'm not going to make this an episode about Joker. But there's a <laughs> moment in uh, Batman Arkham City where Joker references references Lost because uh, <laughs> he's talking about like like you said, you know, people want a definitive answer, and he's talking about how answers don't give us everlasting satisfaction uh, mm. because you know he's like, imagine your favorite TV show because you've been through it all the ups, the downs, and everything, and then they show you what it's all about, would you be happy? Would you be satisfied? Mm. Uh, and then he says, how come it all ended in a church? This is a little <laughs> a little <laughs> nod to a little nod to Lost, which I thought was That's clever. That's beautiful. And I agree with that. It's like, if, if you knew all the answers, then what would be the point of continuing to search? Like, I think that's valuable in there. I, I do also agree, though, there were definitely pieces where I would have felt okay with, like, in the first season, it is the best season because it's so, you don't know what's happening. It's all a mystery. And there is a wonderful conclusion to, at the the season finale for season one, you get to the hatch and the next season has that amazing opener, that great song, the great visuals with Desmond. And you know what happens. Like, you don't understand it all, but like, that was a, like, I don't understand it. And check, 
like off my list. I understand what's happening right. now. So I, I get it where if they had done more of that, people would have felt fulfilled. I don't think they could have done all of that and that people would have been happy with it. But capturing that moment throughout the whole show would have been phenomenal. It would have put it beyond like it would have made it one of those like essential everyone has to watch shows, which I think it is. But I definitely have met people that also agree with you that it's there. there's some issues with it. Like when I don't know that I'd say waste of time, but I've heard that something similar <laughs> to, to that where it's like, why did I bother? <laughs> I think I for me like with that I, there's a YouTube video that I think ABC like lost like the, you know put it out it was everything you need to know about like it was leading up to the last season and, <laughs> and like everything you need to know about lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds <laughs> and so I I was like I wish I would have just watched that and then jumped into season 6 <laughs> But so what do you think, like for you with loss, what are some of the things or, you know, if there's anything that you can think of off the top of your head that you look over, uh, like you, you just kind of gloss over it because you love loss so much? I, I think definitely it is some of the, the relationship stuff. Like if I'm being, and again, I feel like that's what this episode is. Like, let's be honest, cards on the table, take the blinders off is some of the relationship stuff was silly. Like the, the fact that there was a thing going back and forth, like, are you a jader or a skater? Like, do you want <laughs> Jack and Kate? Do you want Sawyer and Kate together? Like the fact that it just kept going back and forth. And I felt like the way the show, again, if we're being completely honest, like the show would write stuff just so that you would not know like, oh no, it's going to be him. Like they're together, obviously yeah, Jack, yeah. Kate, like, but no, wait, no, this other situation came up. It, it's like those movies where it was something very happens. CW. It was very, yeah, it was a well shot CW because it was that moment where if they just talked fully to each other and didn't just walk away, the situation would have been resolved. But instead we had to wait an episode for them yeah. to resolve it. We so, had to sleep together in the cage and, you know, cause yeah. we might not make it out of the cage and yeah. we're eating. Uh, and by, and if you're talking about pellets. like for, to the end of the season, like the cage, does that even matter? No, that doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. That was just for them to exploit the relationship for exactly. broadcast just because television. Because they have a guy and a girl in a yeah. cage together. Sexual tension does wonders for TV. Awkward, so. yeah. Uh, yeah. Megan Fox. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not on TV, but you know. Anyway. So wait, before we end that, like Jader Skater, where you? Uh, where do you fall? I was definitely, I was definitely Jack and Kate. All right, uh, good boy. Not, I, not I just, the bad boy. I, I, I like. I like Sawyer. Sawyer was the character that I think was more my favorite. But I, I don't know. I maybe it's just because it's like the the match made that doesn't make entirely doesn't make a whole lot of sense because <laughs> who Kate was and who Jack was, and so like having them come together. Ooh. I don't know. I guess it, right. maybe it's a little bit of like an underdog kind of Paul kind of Abdul. Feel. Opposite, opposites attract. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, for me it was. What about you, Jack? Uh, definitely Jack, Jack yeah. Okay. Like, as much as, like, Sawyer is cool, I always thought he might just con Kate out of everything, like, just because, could he I, I ever get away from the whole those... time was just him telling a story about a con that he Yeah, <laughs> like, he was about to pull another con, so this whole thing <laughs> so was a was story. So he was just telling a story. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely Jack. Like, I was... The, the first moment Jack explains his whole, like, I counted to five, and then I moved on, like, that's like... it. Like, I still think about that in life sometimes, like, so I can't, like... That's who Kate should have been with, obviously, yeah, guys. Because like, he's obviously a yeah. wise guy. Even after ant-man i think kate should go back to being with jack (laughs) that should just still be the case all right so what about the what about the item that you think or the thing that you think is kind of overhyped in culture you know maybe people have their fanboy blinders on for all right so this is a biggie especially because we are in 
Mickey country. Like we are in the heart of yeah. Orlando, like Florida, like there's Universal, there's SeaWorld, there's Disney there's and the Bush Disney Gardens off, you know, on the coast. Yeah, all the Disney parks, not just the one, like there's Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios. You got that Harry Potter world. Harry Potter part one Universal. and two. Like there's, yeah, there's all those. For me, the, the thing that I think a lot of people just put their blinders on is those are the theme parks so that they... They read into them, they see into them what they want to get, and instead what they end up with is spending a lot of money for turkey legs, caramel apples, and being really sweaty and really and being hot. really sweaty, and, and, and especially if you have like a family and you have to sp- – I mean, it's got to be like $1,000 yeah, to get in. That's, to the, get into the, the place I love that it's a joke like, well, you can go to college or you can yeah, – exactly. Or we can Disney. go to Disney World once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one time. It is – I have had fun with them. My, my wife and like we go to Disney. We have annual passes. We did have them for Universal. We got rid of them because we didn't really go that often. And it's – that's the kind of thing I think it is. And maybe this is a first world problem for Floridians. It's not a yeah. problem for someone in Texas. But I definitely have noticed that those parks – I want them to be so good. I want to believe the hype that – Oh my, oh my goodness, like magic happens here. Like Mickey's here and like just fun, fun things will happen. Every time I go, I get a Mickey sticker. Sometimes I wear those, the like the, the Mickey button ears. Yeah. You're celebrating or whatever. But then as soon as you walk in, you have to wait an hour and 50 minutes to ride the Little Mermaid. You're like, okay, there's a mistake. Like there's, <laughs> there's an Something's issue. Something's wrong here. with this picture. Yeah. Or I, I, like we go to Universal. We're like, we're going to go to Hogsmeade, Butterbeer, like get the frozen one. It's the best. Yeah, like, agreed. Definitely. Yeah, it is. But the minute you're like, and the first thing we have to do is obviously you ride the Hulk. You take your friends who don't know what it is and they get scared and it's hilarious. But then you still have to wait 45 minutes before you get on the ride. And it's like, and I don't think waiting is the only part of it. There's so many things where, like we went recently and the food is, the food is kind of subpar. There's really great restaurants there. But if you just go to one of the burger joints, in the park you pay $15 a person and there are better burger places in town that you could go to beforehand or afterhand if that counts after yeah afterwards yeah yeah. places that are more unique yeah you know and you just put your blinders on because there was a goofy statue that served you the food so you're okay with it (laughs) but it's or because harry potter's there because because, yeah you can be you can be sweating in your hogwarts robes yeah (laughs) while you're eating your burger why do people wear like? And if you're not, if you haven't been to the the, <laughs> to the the Harry Potter like Diagon Alley, people wear the robes around. Yeah, like this is Florida. Yeah, if for those unfamiliar, there is in obviously it at Hogwarts, students wear robes, and for some reason in Florida, people will buy the robes. It's cool that you have them. That's that's kind of like a fun little easy to cosplay. Like you wear them on Halloween, but yeah, people will show up. Not just I say people, not kids, not teenagers adults as well in full robe and um wand in the middle of july in florida which is like you're probably gonna get heat stroke it's only about a bajillion degrees outside yeah, yeah. anyway so yeah how, <laughs> uh, what do you, how do you feel about with, theme the, parks? with the theme parks I, I i think i mentioned this before but i work at universal orlando uh oops it's the it's a <laughs> i work at the show that most people that go or live in orlando that have annual passes uh, they just kind of skip over it's Poseidon's Fury. Mm. You know, we have a cool little <laughs> water honest, tunnel. To be I have not ridden been <laughs> we, on that. <laughs> I, I won't be offended. We have this cool water tunnel effect. It's pretty cool uh, where you're walking through a vortex. But so that being said, I will agree with you. I and I think like that's why I enjoy Jurassic World so much. I think mm. is because they like I'm, I. They mentioned, or Colin Trevorrow said, like leading up to the movie, that they were kind of going into it with the idea of 
Jurassic World's been open long enough that people are kind of just over the dinosaurs, you know? They're, they've, you know, been there, done that. They kind of, it's, it's just like a, a big zoo, you know? And so <clears throat> I definitely, may, you know, living in Florida, relating to that, uh, I, I'm able to relate to that because I, you know, like, like you said, we live in Orlando. I'm over the mouse. Mm. Uh, but my, my biggest thing is you'll go and you'll, like, you'll pay all this money to go to Universal, go to... Uh, Disney, and then you have you, you'll see parents like you'll see kids that are still upset, mm. like kids that are still not having a good day because they didn't get their Mickey Mouse ice cream cone or whatever. They're, and then they're delicious. And, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're great. I mean, I I don't disagree with you, but then you have parents that are talking to them like you talk to a dog, mm. and they're like, <laughs> I, I almost just tried to do, it, but for I almost <laughs> yeah, you're fine for you're the fine. sake of it being my voice being recorded, I. <laughs> I'm gonna bow out. So, yeah. but uh, I'm scared. Money don't make money. Yeah. I should just do it. But <laughs> well, and it's, I think it's fine if you're wondering, like, this geek podcast. Why are we talking about theme parks? It's like that's another. That's just a wonderful type of geeky. People get really intense here. Like, I love that when we go to the parks. One of the coolest things is watching people, and people have all of these custom made T-shirts and like the ears. Like, I yeah. saw a girl that had. She was wearing a dress the last time I went to uh, Disney World, and it was a white dress that she had had, had all of the like the the characters that come out to the parks they had all signed it so her dress was full of colored signatures like of goofy and mickey and peter pan and jake the pirate and it was it was just cool because like that means she's been to the park so many times that she's had them take the time to sign it in their little like fun little script handwriting and so people get really geeky and intense about it i just i want it to be more than that like the closest that i've seen recently that i enjoyed was the newest uh ride for the dwarves like the the ride the mine train it's a really fun ride now that the lines are shorter instead of being an hour they're like 30 minutes which is cool like you can actually play there's like this version of like bejeweled you can play while you're waiting in line like in the rocks and it that's a blast and like if they do more of that stuff which is not what you get when you're on like peter pan's adventure and like you're just standing in (laughs) colored walls like i think them realizing they need to provide something else for people besides just come and stand here until we tell you to move forward yeah Uh, it it could be so great and the reason i really bring it up is i'm excited for the fact that disney's bringing star wars more star wars stuff to the parks like nintendo is supposedly bringing stuff to the universal area once I think that's gonna be cool. once the marvel stuff is, is going away back to you know disney and marvel studios so i i want it to be more than what it is right now there is maybe with vr maybe with augmented reality i don't know but there's got to be more than what's there right now so with this whole this whole idea of fanboy blinders i know we mentioned it you know you and i both mentioned it on the san diego comic-con episodes uh, we we termed it, and I think was it Mel or you that termed it? I'm not sure, but oh, it, it, zombie. It was I'll you. take credit because it, it was me. Yeah. It was you. So we we called it zombie fatigue, meaning we're just kind of over the idea of zombies. And so I think it's fair that we talk about the idea of maybe there being fanboy blinders for this little show on uh, channel AMC. If you've heard of it, it's called The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's something about a cop, you know, post apocalyptic uh, post apocalyptic cop. Mm-hmm. He's got some issues and stuff. There's a guy with a crossbow. Yep. Uh, where's you, the vest with wings? <laughs> where's, yeah. where's the vest with wings? Yep. Motorcycles, uh, cookies and stuff. And so, <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Carl, back in the house, Carl. Uh, so, do you think? And it's actually fitting that we are on the episode because Andy doesn't watch Walking Dead. Uh, so no, he does not. Yeah, he, he. I get. I think he gets grossed out. He's 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 a baby like that. All shots fire him. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> but but so, uh, 
let's let's talk a little bit about whether or not society kind of has some fanboy blinders on for The Walking Dead. Now, I don't want this to just be us sitting here slamming it. No, because, because nobody's and, nobody's here to defend it. Well, that's true. And let me let us preface this by saying, and hopefully, I made that clear with what I was saying before with Disney and Harry Potter. I love these things, guys. But I'm we, just, yeah, I I definitely yeah. do too. With with Except Walking Halo. Dead, it is a <laughs> with Walking Dead, it is a great show. It is a great comic book. Um. I remember the night I came home, I had DVR'd something that someone had told me to watch called The Walking Dead, the first episode. My wife was sleeping. It was late. I work, I teach late. So I came home, I turned it on and I got so scared. Like the whole opener where he's in the tank and I don't even know what was happening. I had to pause it and just like, wait a second just to calm down because it was <laughs> late and dark and I didn't live in the best neighborhood. So I remember those feelings and it is a great show. However, I think the show might've reached a point where it, like uh, for me, I'm thinking, where does this end? Where does this go? And I wonder if people are just so excited that it's still going on that they just kind of skip all of that stuff. That they just say, "Oh my, there's another season. There's more characters. There's more news. Let's let's watch. Let's read. Let's do." But I'm like, does does this lead anywhere? Is this good? Is it positive? Yeah. With with The Walking Dead, I I feel like it tends to be kind of, and I think with well, I think I feel like it tends to be ultimately the same in the long run i definitely i will 100 percent say that there are times in the show where i think it is phenomenal and i think it is some of the best best television that there is out there right now but and i like definitely first first season second season i well second season was the farm so end of second season was great so that being said though i feel like there's just it that show ultimately there's going to be the main group of people that we see, that we follow, you know, Rick Grimes, Daryl Dixon, all those guys. And ultimately, they're going to come in contact with some people, and they're going to disagree. And then in the midst of them disagreeing, there's going to be some walkers. Maybe I'm boiling it down too far, mm. but I, I don't know. It just gets to, it gets to be repetitive. And at this point, I, I don't even understand a really maybe – maybe I'm – counting it short, but how much character growth, more character growth can you really have? I mean, if anything, we've seen that sometimes the character, it goes the opposite way of growth and they're taking pieces off. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. They're devol- devolving yeah. back to, you know, they're basically the walking dead. So. <laughs> yeah. And with the blinders, I also kind of term it as far as, uh, for most of my friends, they know that uh, for the comic books, I love the first volume and I love the first volume mainly because it's illustrated by Tony Moore, who actually does all the covers still. Apparently he doesn't have time to do the books interiors anymore, but he's, he's busy for that. Yeah. He's apparently busy I for that, which is fine. I think that just means they won't pay him enough. <laughs> that, that might also be what it is. So Tony Moore, his stuff on the first volume is phenomenal. It is cha- life-changing. It is it is him using black and white to create space and, and drama and suspense in such a great way. And Charlie Adlard does a great job for the other ones, but I'm not a fan. And I feel like um, a lot of people kind of just skip over that because they're like, I just want the story. What happens next to Carl? What happens next to to Rick? And so they don't even maybe notice that stuff. Whereas I'm I'm always paying attention, and I couldn't I couldn't handle like six volumes in. I'm like, uh, it, not only is this show this this series a little dark to read, it also was I'm not enjoying the visuals anymore. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not something I'm going. I'm excited to like read once to get the story, then read again to to, un- to look at the panels and just enjoy the artwork. Well, I and I think just with as big as The Walking Dead has become, there's people that now I I would imagine that are reading the volumes or reading the comic books just because it's The Walking Dead, just because it has you know that essentially written on the cover. And I would even you know kind of jumping back a little bit to theme parks with Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando. 
uh, at Universal, well, not just in Orlando, but at Universal Studios mm-hmm. every year. The past, I think this is now the third year in a row. Third, I think you're right. Yeah. Third or fourth year in a row that they've had Walking Dead be featured and Walking Dead be a house, uh, a haunted house there. And it's kind of just becoming a thing where people just go just because it's the Walking Dead. And they just, they're like, they sign up and say, yeah, I'll, I'm down for that just because it's the Walking Dead, regardless of whether or not it's of great quality necessarily. I, and I've definitely heard people that have gone there that have said, oh yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, I mean, we got chased by some zombies a little bit. Like it wasn't that great, but it, it was, you're right. It had the Walking Dead banner on the outside of the area. So they figured, yeah, let's go for it. Like right. I'll pay money because it is that. And it, it sells tickets to Halloween Horror Nights for sure, but I don't know that it's actually worth whatever you're paying for it yeah and i will say like with the tickets like the halloween horror nights is better than regular theme park stuff but i don't know like particularly last year uh the way that mar or that universal announced the uh halloween horror nights was they said guess what walking dead's coming back again like that was the that was the headliner relying on the popularity of the show which i i get like i'm not faulting universal for that Walking Dead is, I think, every the past like two or three years, it's broken its, its own record. Yeah, if it's making money, watch. why wouldn't they? Right, yeah. like that's that's just a good business move. So that just makes sense as far as you know, as far as that's concerned. So yeah, I think with Walking Dead, though, I, of course, I'm definitely gonna watch this season when it comes out. Sure. It's, How about that? Uh, the spinoff show, Fear the Fear of the Walking Dead. I'll I'll watch as well. I think that one will be interesting because it's more of a slow burn. Uh, and you know there will be less Walker drama, I think, mm. and more kind of people drama. And I just like I think it'll just be cool to kind of see the world come like fall apart in that. But yeah, and I agree with you. Like I, it, for me, it's one of those things where like I love watching it with friends. So we'll get together and watch them. So I'll still watch them as much as I'm like I don't know if I'm in for it, guys. Like if there's pizza and hanging out beforehand, I'm gonna watch them because yeah. it's a blast. So. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. We'll see how it goes. All right, guys. So that is it. That is our episode for Heroes and Fanboy Blinders. But this is one of those episodes where you probably were missing some stuff. There's some stuff you've seen or watched where you're like, really, you guys didn't mention that? Or really, you guys don't notice the flaws in that thing? Right. Uh, And this is where we'd want you to chime in. Like, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, it's heroes underscore and let us know, like, what's the thing that we miss? What's the, the thing that you think we uh, should add to the list of everyone's blind? What are they missing? Why are they not missing what I'm seeing? Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash heroes and all together. Uh, or email us at heroesandpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can subscribe, rate, and review our episodes. Uh, as much as you can do that, we would really appreciate it. I want to say a big thank you to Oscar. Uh, for jep- jumping yeah, in and kind of, you know, stepping in uh, in Andy's shoes so you didn't have to just sit and listen to me talk for 45 minutes because that would be boring. <laughs> That's for sure. I'd have to ask myself questions and, you know, give my give myself opinions on things. It would just get weird. So mm. thank you, Oscar, for checking in and for, uh, for joining up again. But until next time, I'm Cody. I'm Oscar. And, and we're, we're out. out.